Hey friends, I'm back again this week with some more content and I didn't think I would be because the podcast episode I released last week got such a strong response, both positively and negatively, that uh, it, it, <laughs> it kind of knocked the wind out of my sails. There was one in particular, one person in particular was uh, so upset with the way that I'd approached uh, a sensitive subject like masturbation and thought that I had been too glib with it that I had offered no wisdom, that I had just been silly, and how could that possibly be of any value? And yet other people said that, there, there were a number of people who said it, it was my best ever episode of the 285 that I'd done, the one that was most meaningful to them. And so I've been thinking about why it was so important to do, to, to speak about that subject the way that I did. And... Uh, it kind of happened spontaneously without a lot of thought but in in hindsight that was a subject that was not funny at all when i was young and that was a subject that had so much pressure and pain involved in it and so to laugh about it is uh, a wonderful thing to be able to do if you heard me talk about my uh, last psychedelic trip one of the things that i discovered in that process of having the self dissolve and then feeling like uh, there's nothing real to discover well what is real in the in the absence of all the things that I thought were real the constructs I've built the narratives I've created the sense of self that I've concocted um, well music's real um, but laughter is real too that laughter is the shortest distance between two people that you can't make yourself laugh when you laugh laughter happens inside you laughter arises and in some way however Whatever sense you make of this language, laughter is true. Laughter is real. And so to facilitate laughter is to facilitate something very real and something profound. So um, I had a few people say that they had such a release of joy in their life and laughed more deeper than they've laughed in years off the back of those stories that I told and the euphemisms I repeated. So that belongs. Uh, and also, probably most importantly, I mentioned last week that this book I'm writing is also writing me and more than any of the other books I've written. This book is changing me in the process. So it's taking longer and it's being updated as I go. So so when I first wrote this book, when I first started writing this book, updating from self-discipline to self-permission, I framed it primarily as a conversation around performance, around success. So writing to ambitious midlifers who are used to performing at their peak, who are familiar with high performance they watch themselves achieve big things in their 20s early 30s but now they're stuck now they're stopped now they feel resistance internally it's like the handbrake is on or fuses are being pulled out of their circuit board they can't access motivation and energy and drive and they're wondering what's wrong with them so the conversation is around how do you upgrade to access energy again how do you get motivation again where do you find performance from now so permission is the upgrade and so writing all about success, permission to succeed being the central idea. Uh, but uh, thinking more deeply, yes, it is definitely permission to succeed, but, but it is also permission to play. When you make the four upgrades to your operating system and get repair the relationship with yourself and are able to work with yourself, yeah, it's permission to succeed, but permission to play. Play belongs not because you achieve anything, not because it, it, you reach an outcome or you get a goal, or you perform in a certain way, but play belongs to the human experience. Play is an end in itself. And so 
permission to play. So even being playful, even having fun, even taking risks, even being adventurous, that all belongs. So I, I am really glad that I put out that podcast last week. Um, the people who got offended probably won't be listening to this one anyway, so I don't need to apologize to them. And there's no point apologizing anyway because I wouldn't mean it. I meant what I said and I, I think very carefully before I put any content out. So I'm fully aware of the consequences of being a voice in the world. You, you leave yourself open for scrutiny. So that's comes with the territory um, but it but it did affect me deeply and I was certain that I wasn't going to put out any more episodes until um, you know maybe maybe six weeks until maybe I finished writing the book but uh, yesterday I was I was considering that feeling oh that's it all right I won't say anything more I'm <laughs> just feeling that uh, I'm not sure I get access I'm not sure that's appropriate because you know, consider a brain surgeon who has devoted them their life to a very unique and fine-tuned skill set that is designed to solve very important problems for people in dire circumstances. So I understand that that brain surgeon has a life of their own, um, but they don't really have the right to decide that, oh, do you know what, I don't feel like doing brain surgery today. It's a bit late for that. That's... The, the world's going well but but we need you to do brain surgery because without your brain surgery skills this this tumor or this cancer or this growth will destroy my life so you're gonna have to help me so i think you know i'm no brain surgeon but in similar ways i have connected with a purpose that's bigger than me not even about me and and that is how purpose works, by the way. When I did my TEDx talk, solving the purpose problem, that was the theme of the conference, how to find purpose. I My, my take was, well, you've got to solve the insecurity problem before you can solve the purpose problem because what looks like purpose is often your, your attempt to validate your own existence, to fill your own cup, to prove that you matter. Like it cannot be your purpose to prove that you matter. It's your work to know that you matter without proving anything and then you're free to connect with the purpose that's bigger bigger than you and not even about you. So I think about talking about insecurity, the insecurity project in that way. This is bigger than me, not even about me. People suffer greatly for not knowing it's a solvable problem. So it doesn't really matter whether I, I feel like I'd like to talk about this or not, whether I'm bored by talking about this, whether I'm sick of talking about this, whether I whether the cost of talking about this are too high or not, it doesn't really matter now. It's, it's too late for that. Here I am, and there's stuff to say, uh, and there's people, because there's people suffering. There's people who don't know how and require someone to make a contribution in this space. So all that to say, here, here I am again, and I, I'd love to talk about anger today. I, I think the value of understanding what to do when you're angry is useful and like I love Time magazine. I've been been reading it every every month for the last twelve months, at least, maybe a bit longer. And I find it just keeps me in touch with the world. I, I see that insecurity is such a chronic problem with decision makers and leaders and problem solvers in the world that it's my duty to equip those people to keep thinking globally about solving the insecurity problem. So Time Magazine keeps me thinking globally. Um, and I enjoy most of what I read in there, but every now and then there's an article that I just, I think, how did that find its way into that magazine, to this magazine? So one such article appeared this week talking about five healthy ways to deal with anger. 
So it's Time Magazine, right? They're trying to present themselves as a reputable publication, putting out the best thinking, thinking that's going to go around the world and really help as many people as possible. Uh, I'm not sure this article does anything near do that. I don't think this represents wisdom at all. I'll read you a small part of it and then talk about my take on this subject. So this is by Angela Haupt, H-A-U-P-T. hope I've pronounced that correctly, Angela, if you're listening. Unfortunately, experts say most of us don't know how to deal with anger in a healthy way. It's a negative emotion that people have the most difficulty regulating, Bushman notes. This isn't something that comes easy. That's why courts send people to anger management classes. If it were easy, they wouldn't have to do that. Anger drives numerous societal problems, Bushman says. I don't know who Bushman is. Uh, Anyway, he says, it's one of the largest risk factors for aggressive and violent behaviour, including road rage incidents, domestic violence and murders. Plus, it can lead to short and long-term health effects, including heightened inflammation and risk of chronic illness, reduced lung function, chronic pain, digestive problems and increased depression and anxiety. Research suggests that in the two hours after feeling angry, a person's risk of a heart attack jumps nearly fivefold. We asked Bushman and other experts to share the healthiest ways to cope with and express anger. So yeah, anger's a problem. All right, I get it. So what to do? What to do with it? Here, are, here are the five best ideas. Focus on relaxing instead of venting. Two, take a time out. Three, try the 30-30-30 intervention, which is 30 seconds, 30 seconds, 30 seconds to extract yourself from the situation, 30 seconds to distract yourself from the situation, and 30 seconds to strategize about how you're going to cope moving forward. Number four, keep an anger log, and number five, use assertive communication. I mean, what, what is that? Uh, wow that's just and i would say most people read that and go okay well that's bushman says so that's the best we can do anger's a problem and the best you can do is manage your anger you know you no surprises i have an aversion to anger management just i have just like i have an aversion to behavior management because it's such a strange way of improving anything to deal with the end product have a look at the system what is anger what's going on there do you actually even need to be angry in the first place so i i think these three ideas are much closer to to real world wisdom wisdom is transformational wisdom produces lasting fruit wisdom connects you to something that is real value and ultimately improves the quality of your life Um, so Here's, here's my three ideas around this. Number one, you want to stop being angry? You want to understand how to process anger? Well, here's, here's the first thing that's going to help. Number one, accept that life is not fair. <coughs> that's right, accept that life is not fair. So one of the great sources of anger is injustice. So when you feel like an injustice has been committed against you, it feels very appropriate and you feel entitled to be angry. So where you see injustice in the world, great, of course you're going to be angry. But who told you that it was supposed to be fair? Where did you learn that? 
where did where did that information come from? When did you decide that couldn't be questioned, that that was how the game is played? It's supposed to be fair. That is not life. Life is not fair. The game, that's not a glitch in the system. The game is, is genuinely, objectively unfair. Have a look around. There is no fairness in the division of resources, in the division of opportunity. There is great inequality and inequity everywhere that you look. And there is no other way of thinking about it. You do not get what you deserve. So when you notice that you don't get what you deserve and then you feel angry about the injustice about it, that's because you've misunderstood the game. Life does not reward deserve. Just because you deserve something does not mean you get it. The only currency that's rewarded in the game of life is desire. What do you want? What are you prepared to do about it? So instead of channeling all your energy into being angry about injustice, understand, yeah, of course it's unfair. And if you really want to look at the, the spectrum of injustice, um, depending on where you live, you might find yourself, you are so unfairly rewarded already by virtue of the fact that you were born into a family with money, with food, with opportunity, when the vast majority of people who are born into the world do not get that. So you want to start being angry about what's unfair. Well, <laughs> it's already very unfair in your favor more than likely so to kind of realize it's not a fair game then the only question that makes sense is well what do you want then and what are you prepared to do about it so all your best energy gets directed into desire rather than fighting for your rights secondly take nothing personally Don Miguel Ruiz in his book The Four Agreements I reference this book probably more than any other I gift it I recommend it it's at the top of my list and such an extraordinary book when I I can still vividly remember the first time I read it on a flight to Melbourne and I had a deeply spiritual experience reading this book it's the subtitle says a book of wisdom I concur Don Miguel that is wisdom and it's transformational and it's spectacular and it's an extraordinary contribution if you have not read that book um, don't let me tell you what to do with your life but um, do have a good hard look at yourself go into a room full of mirrors have a look around just notice what is it that you're doing with your life if you've not found your way into that book so yeah must read anyway so one of the four agreements of of the four that don speaks about is take nothing personally which sounds oh yeah i get it take nothing personally but then the subtitle is how this works because it's not about you because it's not even about you people's praise and even their criticism is not about you it's about them whatever's going on in their world so someone's carrying on like a pork chop what's that got to do with you it's their own inadequacy it's their own insecurity it's their own fear it's their own agenda so you get angry because it touches a nerve for you because it hits on your insecurity because it triggers you because it offends you because someone doesn't give you what you need so your work is to be an adult is to be self-sufficient to be the one that deeply loves and accepts yourself it's your job to know who you are it's your job to decide what it is you're going to do with your life to not need someone else to decide that for you so the only people that have the power to hurt you in life are those you need something from so because they can withhold it and when they withhold it you get angry But if you don't need anything from them in the first place, if you don't need their validation, their approval, their acceptance, well then they can carry on and do whatever they do and you're insulated from that. You've already got what you need. So rather than managing anger, 
what what are you angry about? I, I watch people get so angry at people's bad behavior all the time as though it's a surprise. People shouldn't be behaving like that. Yeah, okay, great, but they are. Um, what has that got to do with you? How is that touching you? And it's always an insecurity issue. It's it's making them feel inadequate. It's it's making them feel like they're not good enough. It's impacting them in a way that connects them to their deepest fear about themselves. That's why they're angry. That's why they respond aggressively. It's a proven defend energy, anger. There's nothing to prove and defend. Very hard to get angry. Uh, number three, be responsible for training others how to treat you. So you're angry because, firstly, you think life is supposed to be fair and it's not. Secondly, you're angry because people are not giving you what you need from them. Uh, thirdly, you're angry because people keep behaving badly and, tra- and treating you poorly. Now, no wonder you're angry. Like, that's a horrible Thing to have happen to be in a relational situation where someone again and again and again violates your boundaries takes from you treats you poorly uses and abuses you no wonder you're angry but rather than directing all your energy into being upset at them and blaming them understand that we are each 100 responsible for training others how to treat us by what we allow and what we deny so no one can treat us poorly without our permission that's a big deal to realize that it's our job. If you don't like the way you're being treated, okay, well then don't, don't allow it to continue. Enforce a consequence. In, inflict a penalty. It, it cause pain. Do something so that that cannot happen again. Because otherwise, how is it the other person's fault? If they can have, that, if they can have their cake and eat it with you and there is no consequences, well, why wouldn't they? You are responsible for training them how to treat you by what you allow and what you deny. So easy to get caught up in blame and excuse, but it doesn't make sense because it's your job. You're the one creating your results. Your results and your relationships are your own. So what's the point of being angry if someone's treating you poorly? You've obviously made it okay. You've obviously allowed them to get away with it in the past. If you don't like it, well, don't allow it. Then there's nothing to be angry about. You might have heard me say this before. There's no one in my world who treats me poorly. Like, not, not a single person. Maybe once, but they, they don't get away with it. Like, I, I'm not afraid of offending them by saying, hey, listen, don't do that. Because they're offending me. They're upsetting me. They're causing me pain. So if you treat me poorly, you just don't get a seat at my table. You don't survive in my life. I'm a good person. I'm, you know, people are lucky to have me in their world. I add lots of value. So if you don't see that, I know that that's fine, but you don't get to hang around in my world if you don't know who I am. So there's no one that treats me poorly. So therefore, I'm not an angry person. I'm not sure the last time I got angry. I mean, I could. I'm not afraid of being angry. If it was appropriate or necessary to be angry, I I suppose I could, but I, I cannot remember being angry. So all the problems in the world that pointed to in these articles, yeah, I get it. Anger's a dangerous thing. People do all kinds of crazy things because it shuts down their logical brain. Chemistry floods their system and takes over their decision-making and causes them to do reckless things, horrible things to themselves and others. So yeah, it's dangerous, but uh, instead of managing it, I I think it's a, a wiser approach to understand what's going on. Those three rules of the game change the need to be angry in the first place. I hope that's useful. If it was useful, 
I don't ask for reviews very often, but they are so useful. And, and they're useful to me, but I think primarily they're useful to others. People are searching for stuff that's useful, that's good, that is valuable. So if you're finding wisdom here, the social proof is a big deal to make some kind of review either on iTunes or on Google, send us an email that we could use. So valuable. If you'd be willing to do that, I'd greatly appreciate that. And I'm sure others would appreciate too being made aware of content that's valuable. So thanks for listening. Enjoyed the conversation. Talk to you again soon.